When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The 45th Annual Kennedy Center Honors returns to the nation's capital this Sunday night in Washington, D.C. We are getting you in the spirit with this fun flashback to the 2018 Kennedy Center Honors headlined by two women who need only one name, Cher and Reba. I caught up with country music legend Reba McIntyre on the red carpet ahead of the ceremony. This is a dream come true to be into the entertainment business and getting this good attention. <laughs> I want to be a person who loved to entertain. I want them to remember me as a loving, giving person that loved to have a great time. During our red carpet interview, she was interrupted by then daughter-in-law Kelly Clarkson. Hey. I've not seen you yet. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Like Brandon said, he was in his robe and he saw me, and I was like, I think we were supposed to be a surprise. I was like, not I know. I was like, well, not. And we just ordered tea, and they literally haven't been passing our room right when the tea came. Sorry. Well, it's, it's, uh, so what was that because of you duet like with her? Because, um, hello. Like the fact that I got to sing with my hero so much and a song fun. I wrote when I was 16 when I was listening to all her. So yeah. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. You look amazing. I hope amazing. you like the song. I've never sang the song that I'm singing tonight. Tonight. Hey, so don't tell me what it is. Just tell I me you like it anyway. Can you tell us what it is? Even if I suck. <laughs> I'm sick. Well, should I no. say? No. Your mom. Your mom. No. 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 Okay. Your watch. Oh, yeah. got it, got okay, it. Got the red. Okay. It's not mine. You can have it. <laughs> oh. Reba. See why I love her. I also spoke with iconic country duo Brooks and Dunn about Reba's legacy in the genre. Tell me about not only is Reba such a talented, you know, groundbreaking musician, but talk about how just as a person, such a class act, and why that goes so far. You know, I guess it's just her upbringing. You know, she comes from that, that ranch in Oklahoma and just she's, she's minded her manners along the way. And, uh, but she's just, just down to earth and at, at the same time you know, gets around as, as much as anybody we know. She's, you know. Reba's a cowgirl, but she's as honest as, as it can be. She gets mad, she'll let you know. But uh, if she loves you, uh, she'll stick by you and back you up. She, you know, she's... She's, she's authentic. Kind of you know, there's there's a lot to be said about authenticity, and she's as, she's as real and authentic as it gets. And on the music side of things, just how do you think she helped change the trajectory of country? Because I think, you know, along with you guys, Garth, Reba, Alan Jackson, I mean, that, that era, you guys took it into, and it went global and mainstream, and now everybody listens to country. But talk about Reba's piece in that and why you think she connected with the audience. Reba's, Reba's always been really big for, for, for women's rights and, and, and the presence of women in country music and other places as well. She really, really does push that and, and, and stands up for it, and she honors it as well. She had a head start on us, too. I mean, when, when, when Ronnie and I got together, Reba was already hitting a big lick, so uh, she threw us on uh, as an opening act on her tour and it was our chance to get in front of thousands of people and then we screwed up and had some hits and uh, did some co-headlining tours with her and uh, of course we're still playing in Vegas together now and become great friends. She's great history. 
What a treat that Reba was honored the same exact night as the iconic pop diva Cher. My life has not been an easy one in my business, but I think if you persevere, I just don't think giving up is a good idea. I was dropped by my record company right before I did Believe. We have uh, Lady Gaga transitioning from music to movies now, but you kind of pioneered that with Moonstruck, which I love. Um, what's the secret to, to that transition? And I also want to know, how many takes was that famous snap out of it slap? Was that a real slap, or how often did you get not, that? Not, <laughs> you know, it was, it was really only a couple, and the reason was that right before the last one, Norman came up and said, do it twice. <laughs> and because Nikki wasn't expecting it, and I slapped him really hard. <laughs> Norman said, do it twice and do it hard. The night also honored prolific composer Philip Glass. Would love to know, Mr. Glass, about more about the, your growing up in Baltimore and sort of the music education you received at a young age up there. And how did you think growing up in that city sort of shaped you as a musician? Well, uh, I, I got a lot of the very basic music ideas from the Peabody, and I also knew I had to get out of there. <laughs> so I wanted to get, I wanted to be in a bigger uh, environment, uh, and uh, I went to Chicago first, and I ended up in New York. I was I came back. I played very rarely in Baltimore. I played in Washington a lot of times. I've had an opera here a few years ago, symphonies, and I played concerts here. So I, uh, and Washington has changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years. I think the Kennedy Center has had a lot to do with that. The ceremony also honored jazz great Wayne Shorter. What did you learn from Miles Davis when, back when you were working with him? I learned from Miles Davis that he was also learn, learning from us. That's why. When he turned his back on an audience after he did a solo, he wanted to listen to the, the, the band. And that was just before speakers and everything took over. It got loud and loud, louder and louder. And finally, the cast of Hamilton received special immediate recognition for their groundbreaking Broadway smash. I remember we spoke with you guys a couple times before on WTOP. You, you said you, yeah, you said you drove past the monuments every morning going to Sidwell Friends and everything, and now history's alive. Share, recount the story, both of you guys, of that initial. You said it was a G chat, right? You said Lynn sent you a G chat and said, I'm, I've just read this amazing book. Do you remember this? Yeah, I sent a not sober G chat from Mexico <laughs> saying, um, I'm watching Mad Men season one on DVD and reading this really great book on Alexander Hamilton. I think there's something here. And of course, I thought that Mad Men would change my life. <laughs> and I think I just read the wrong line. <laughs> That's awesome. And also, you've sort of come full circle. I mean, you mentioned the president in the White House. It started with that poetry jam at the White House. Yeah. So what's it like now? Now looking back at that at that event, you said you guys laugh, but I'm writing a musical about Hamilton, and now look at you. Now you're getting honored with all the lifetimers. Yeah, it's funny that that moment was sort of a microcosm of our entire experience, right? You, I tell you the pitch for the musical, everyone laughs, like very cute. This is like a funny YouTube video, and then people get swept up in the story because it's an incredibly compelling life story. And by the end of the song, they're like, wait, wait, but ha what happened with that guy? And and so that that four minute experience, which is a one-in-a-lifetime experience, has sort of been the experience of the show. Yeah, I, you know, Alex, obviously, who was a big part of that moment, he was the one smiling very hard on the piano. <laughs> you know, I, I say to, this, that, yeah. to these guys, but like, what if they had really biffed that performance? Oh God, I mean, if you guys true. hadn't nailed that, we're definitely not here. We're so definitely not we're here. Definitely. And now, without further ado, I spoke to Kennedy Center President Deborah Rudder about this year's honorees. My name is Deborah Rudder, and I am the president of the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. This is your big week of the year, uh, the 45th annual Kennedy Center Honors. Wow, 45 years. Um, and we have some huge uh, honorees this year, one of your biggest lineups ever, although I'm sure we say that every year. <laughs> you always get going. Oh, we but... absolutely say that every year. 
<laughs> but this year it's true again, <laughs> better than ever. Um, tell us, uh, uh, re- well, I want to get to this year's honorees, but big, big picture it for us. You know what, what year we're in, and and how you just continually just top yourselves with these with these honorees. Well, I have to say that every year is a challenging year because we think, well, last year was the best year ever. How are we ever going to be able to match that? And then it, we pull it all together and the honorees are just fabulous. And in, in this case, each of them is so thrilled and so honored to be a part of this and are seeing this as a really important moment in their career. So it's really, really wonderful to have such enthusiastic, wonderful honorees this year. Absolutely. And it will be held Sunday December 4th, you know, the red carpet, the whole, and then the big performance, the whole works, all the surprise guests, uh, which I'm sure we, we can't name them, but that's always a surprise every year. Uh, <laughs> that's rem- the question everybody always wants. Who's going to be there? And then they try and guess. And I just look at them innocently and shrug and say, well, we'll see on Sunday. <laughs> <won't we?"> <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you, by the way, and, and we will get to the honorees in one second, I promise, folks. But uh, now that we're thinking about it, do you have any favorite surprise performances? Because for uh, I'll, I'll re- list mine. I remember when when Sting was being honored. I remember sitting there in the auditorium and all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, Lady Gaga. And she sings, <laughs> if I ever lose my faith. Of course, the big Aretha Franklin for Carol King brought the rafters down. Rest in peace. Uh, but do you have any of the, any favorites from your tenure that, that just blew you away? Well, I have to say there are so many memorable moments. And some of the ones that I uh, think about are ones that are maybe not the big, big, most visible moments. I remember the tribute that we did to Carmen de Lavalade. Mm-hmm. And the dance segment was so beautiful and so unexpected. And this is what's really wonderful about Kennedy Center Honors is that we have always very, very name-friendly, uh, big, uh, well-known celebrities. And then we always have one or two artists who are perhaps less well-known to the broad, broad audience. and. Uh, Carmen de Lavala, despite her remarkable career, was one of those artists. Uh, and the tribute that was put together for her with the dancers uh, and the speakers and the musicians was just so beautiful. And I will always remember that one as well. I know that we'll have another, at least one or more of that kind of moments this weekend as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that's such a great point because, you know, pe- people might tune in for, you know, I don't know, LL Cool J or whatever, or, or I guess, yeah, that year was LL Cool J, but then they did learn about Carmen de Lavalade and, exactly. vi- and vice versa. Exactly. Exactly. People didn't know anything about um, LL uh, and they didn't know that he's really good friends with Lionel Richie and that in fact, they all have a relationship back to Norman Lear. So that's what I really love when you get the honorees together on Saturday morning Mm -hmm. and you find out that they actually all know one another or they have some other connection to one another. It's really (laughs) it's that's the really special moment for me personally, I have to say. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's the perfect segue. Without further ado, let's go into this year's honorees for the 45th annual Kennedy Center Honors. Um, and let's take them one at a time so I can get, you know, a separate soundbite on each of these. So let's start off with the the actor who I always call our generation's Cary Grant, <laughs> Mr. George Clooney. 
Uh, you could say long overdue, but I mean, these are always legends, so it's hard to find room. But man, wh- why are we obviously it's with I want to hear it in your words, but it's obvious. Why are we picking George Clooney? Well, um, other than the fact that he is indeed our generation's Gary Can- uh, Cary Grant. Um, <laughs> and I haven't met a single person yet who said, oh, yeah, he's not really that good looking. Um, <laughs> I really believe it's the diversity of what he's done, how he's been a producer, he's as well as an actor. But more than that, it's the role he plays off stage as well. He is truly a citizen artist using his, his talents to make the world a better place, how he has appropriately you know, involved himself in issues both here in the United States around the world. I think he is a truly remarkable individual. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned um, not only the acting, but, you know, he's you know, directed Good Night and Good Luck, which was the great Edward R. Murrow movie. Um, he's produced, I guess he won an Oscar producing Argo, one of the producers, but then, you know, and then of course, and then acting he won for Syriana. And, but um, what do you, do you have a personal favorite role? I mean, I'm trying to, they, a bunch come to me. I mean, Ocean's Eleven, Michael Clayton, Up in the Air, The Descendants, Ides of March, he's done so many, but do you have a personal favorite? Well, this is going to date me perhaps, but you know, when we first all got to know the man, as Dr. Ross. He <laughs> will never be anything other than that. It's so hard actually in standing, looking at him, talking to him about any number of different things, not to uh, think back to that moment. Then You're talking ER. I'm talking ER. Yes, I am. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that I, um, you know, we are all of an, a certain generation and we all have our favorite shows, uh, but this was one that was sort of one of those shows I made a point of figuring out how to watch. A point with <laughs> television, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Now you can just fire it up whenever you want. But you know what? The good news on that, I guess, is you can watch it. You, are, you can binge all of them now. Where Just pull it right up. Um, but yes, I'm sure most people will uh, you know, remember Ocean's Eleven and ER, and uh, I got to give a shout out to Oh Brother Where Art Thou. That movie was hilarious with the Coen Brothers. But there's well, just been- I just saw him last uh, in in his newest movie, and it was just so fun. You know, it was I needed something that was uh, just going to be uplifting and fun. And uh, Ticket to Paradise is just a, a really beautiful film too. He's you know he's not the beloved character in it until a little further in, but you know he's George Clooney. What's not to love? Gotta love him. Gotta love him. I think he should have won for the Descendants, and then got, he was in Gravity. He, there's so many. We could go all day, but let's uh, let's move on to uh, one of the other honorees. So, all right. So George Clooney's won. Um, that's hard to top. Uh, but you you managed to to do it. You top it. Uh, Gladys Knight. Uh, let's talk about uh, you know legendary you know the singer with the pips and all those great songs. Um, why did we go with Gladys Knight this year? You know, Gladys is somebody who has had a relationship in this city and with the honors, um, certainly somebody that we've all listened to for so long, changed the world, the way we think about her music, her and her music making. She's has won so many Grammys uh, in all kinds of different art forms. She was here for Garth Brooks. Can you remember that? When oh my he, gosh, Garth, the king of country. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, the thing is, is that people say, well, why hasn't this person already won? Well, you know, we only honor five a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it, it's about the timing. It's about who's doing what, when, 
where, how, et cetera. And we're just thrilled that she is, uh, uh, she will be here this week. She's doing a, again, a citizen artist giving back into the world and participating in World AIDS Day at the Kennedy Center on Wednesday this week. Absolutely. And uh, so many legendary songs, you know, Midnight Train to Georgia, and that's what friends are for. And uh, she did a version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. There's there's so many. Do you, do you have any personal favorites? I think that's what friends are for. I think it's so moving um, and it's so extraordinary about the way in which she's worked with other artists um, uh, and, and she's a real collaborator, which I think is really wonderful. But that's what friends are for you know, pulls the heartstrings. Absolutely. I think she even did a Bond theme too, uh, License to Kill. She's done it all. She's done it all. And then hearing her sing Garth Brooks just proved that she could do it all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. All right. And then another singer, uh, we mentioned country music. Uh, and so, um, well, like, never mind. Amy Grant's not really country. Well, she's the gospel, oh. Christian pop. She's she's, she's done, done it all. I'm, I'm thinking uh, the Vince Gill connection. but Exactly. I mean, she is really remarkable and how she has really blended into so many different art forms, how respected she is. I'm really excited about the tribute that we're putting together for her. And in the program book, we've got a very, very long, long loving uh, tribute um, uh, letter to Amy from Dolly Parton. And it's just magnificent. And it really speaks to who she, who she is as a person. Um, a, a, a beautiful, uh, really beautiful humility brings to her music making uh, her very soul. And I think it's going to be a, a beautiful tribute. Now, is Vince Gill, her husband, a possibility as a performer? Or does he get to sit up in the balcony with it? The world is a possibility. <laughs> beautiful dodge. So <laughs> what a spin out of that you one. saw my soporific smile on my face. Yes, anything. Yeah possible exactly <laughs> anything's possible um but yes i our we interviewed Amy grant a couple months ago she came to capital one hall or something i think but um but yeah like uh i we need to remind our listeners that you know you know the name but you totally forget how many uh even pop radio hits i mean baby baby yes. and every heartbeat and good for me and there i will remember you like people will i'm telling you you will know all of these songs so um, there's a plethora of stuff that, that your guest performers can perform with Amy Grant. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um. All right, cool. And then you uh, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they could be a headliner. <laughs> These sell out stadiums worldwide. I've seen them live. They're amazing. Bono and Edge and everybody. But, um, man, this is... 
um, one of the biggest rock bands. I mean, you've done Led Zeppelin and I guess Eagles, but this has got to be one of the biggest bands you've ever honored here. You know, I think you are absolutely right. And I was, um, we we have, and I, I have to say that in a way you two is my generation, but it is also earlier. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm older for the U2, so Eagles and Led Zeppelin were more my generation, but I have to say the, um, uh, the work of U2 and the, the way they connect through their music, the poetry of their music, the messaging of their music is, is so iconic. And the, the, the worldwide recognition and appreciation for who they are as artists, it's such a fascinating story um, that they have, you know, and how they came together and how they started the band and then how they make decisions. Um, you know, as with some of these folks, we, we've been talking to them for a number of years and it really was because they could be here all together at this time that you two is is being honored this year and uh um uh, i'm i'm just so impressed by who they are as people again the citizen artistry of individuals who use their platform to make the world a better place really remarkable but uh i have to say it'll be very different being in a 2000 seat opera house than in a hundred thousand seat and uh you know arena or uh you know uh large large concert venue oh i mean it's such a great point to see an intimate um perform or well they're not going to play but they'll be watching other people play um to see an in their songs live in this intimate setting i mean they they saw you know they headlined the, the freaking super bowl i mean they will remember i'll never forget um their 9-11 tribute with the sh where the streets have no names i don't know if you remember but where they yep, the, i, the, heard, I sure of, do oh the names of all the victims went up on the like the towers collapsing and and bono just lets out this primal scream and he had the american flag inside his jacket and oh it is it is yeah, bring you to tears just thinking about it um yeah but yeah, talk um uh talk about just their talk about their versatility. Like, you know, so you do a transcendent song like Where the Streets Have No Name, but with or without you could rip your heart out, or they could do political like the MLK, the pride in the name of love, spiritual, mysterious ways, uh humanist like one love, one, you know, uh uplifting, beautiful day. God, I could go all day. But like um talk about how you have you it's an embarrassment of riches of songs to to give to these surprise performers, won't it be? So Honestly, Jason, you are remarkable about how you know all of these artists and you know <laughs> it so deeply. I'm I'm really, really impressed. So, you know, lifetime achievement for artistry is something that we think about all the time. And the, the artist that has the most diversity, the most apparent growth, the way in which they are revealing who they are in the world today and shining a light on who we are in the world today. And that's what the, that's the remarkable thing. You know, when you think about a band like U2, it could be, oh yeah, they sell out arenas, they have fans all around the world. The, the impact is so huge, but they continue to evolve and grow and give back and tell stories that are meaningful in our world today. And that is a part of you know, why we care about celebrating artists like this. They are changing our culture. They're reminding us who we are. They are giving to so many people. I will tell you that 
we have had a remarkable number of people say, I'm Bono's best friend. I need to be at Kennedy Center. <laughs> how many best friends does he have? <laughs> I know, how many best friends can you have in the world? But these these artists, not just Bono, but all four of them are are truly, truly generous and have made a huge impact on people's lives. Yes, and uh, I mentioned Bono and the Edge, but I definitely want to shout out Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen Jr. For the, they need their they need their time in the sun too. Um, you know, before we move on to the final honoree, do you have a personal favorite U two song? That's like picking your favorite you know child or whatever the analogy is. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. But I still think I still haven't found what I'm looking for is really my favorite. Um, so when, I, when my husband said, "Okay, sing me some songs again," this is the classical music geek. Sing me some YouTube. Oh yes, I know that. Oh yes, okay, I rem I know this band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that that one is moving to me. I love it. I uh, absolutely. I remember growing up hearing that on the radio, and uh, I, I've, and they've been able to, you know, from the Joshua Tree stuff of the '80s to the you know the Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, Batman stuff of the '90s and Beautiful Day and all that stuff was was you know was early 2000s and they're still going I mean few bands maybe in the Rolling Stones but um you know ha have had hits in in more decades I mean the Beatles were just that one nine-year window or whatever so you know what I mean you two's kept it going um all right well without further ado uh the the fifth and final honoree Tanya Leone, uh, you mentioned earlier, there's usually, you know, there's usually pick four, you know, main, popular mainstream people that everybody know. And then there's one of the quote unquote high arts. I hate that term, but you know what I mean? There's one lesser known uh, artist. So talk about why Tanya Leone, why everybody should know that name after this Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Tanya Leone is a, a, a remarkable woman who is... Um, has never been looking for the platform and the spotlight, but she has been driven from her earliest age to express herself through music. She found her way from Cuba to the United States and has ultimately played every kind of role in classical music and working across genres with dancers and, and in chamber music and all other forms of, of art, whether it is as an educator or um, as a communicator, she has stood up for composers and artists. Uh, she was an early um, uh, pioneer working with the Dance Theater of Harlem. The thing about Tanya is that her music draws you in and and attaches itself to you in your heart. Um, she just won the Pulitzer Prize last year for a work that was commissioned by the New York Philharmonic in wow. honor of with women's suffrage uh, anniversary. And um, I have a connection to her only because my family loved to commission a lot of brand new work. And um, so this is the first time I'm actually telling anybody that I had my, the first thing that Tanya said to me when I called her after a great pause of silence was, will your father be there? Um, <laughs> because my father was a, an early commissioner of Tanya's. I'm very wow. proud of all that she has achieved. She is a remarkable woman. Again, I just literally before, uh, um, I came on the radio with you, had an email from a colleague who said, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. 
I must be the last person in Tanya's network who uh, is writing to say, can I please buy a ticket to be there this weekend? <laughs> uh, but it is, it is truly beautiful to see that we're getting just as many people writing saying, I am a big Tanya Leon friend and fan and I need to be there. Um, so it makes me feel great that uh, you two and Tanya Leon can have that kind of, of uh, fandom. Oh, yeah. And it's just great that the Kennedy Center Honors runs the gamut from across all art disciplines. It's fantastic. Well, real quick, I want to follow up on that bit of breaking WTOP news. <laughs> but um, what do you know what your father uh, commissioned? Do you remember what the piece was? I don't remember what the piece was, but he wrote it. For, he asked it to be written for a choral group. And I am embarrassed to say I should know what the name of that piece is, but I don't. It's all right. You you have until Sunday. You have until Sunday to. Okay, I will get that for you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure people will ask you. So yeah, this is your that's your homework. <laughs> As if you don't have enough on your plate. Uh, let well yeah let's so let's end, end there then you know big big picture it um. We mentioned the artist this year getting on her. We mentioned this celebrity guest, and I mean people will remember Aretha and uh heart heart doing zeppelin stairway to heaven that's probably the most famous one on youtube go on youtube and watch it now if you have and the, the guy robert plant was crying <laughs> um but i mean just talk about how big of a thing this is in terms of uh dc events it's the dc event and also nation and worldwide do people watch it on pbs my my mom watches it every year uh you know a couple weeks later after it's filmed and airs on pbs like talk about how it is like the washington event that everyone tunes in for every year what is really remarkable and uh you've heard me say this i like to say well there are 364 other days in the year where we do wonderful events at the kennedy center but this one night is the night that brings Hollywood, business, politics, and international attention all into the same uh, room. We have an extraordinary audience to match the extraordinary stage of performers this year. Um, and I, I it, it almost feels like people really truly are saying, now we are ready all to be together once again. And let's remember the arts are a place where we do build empathy and understanding and connection. And the room will be filled with people on both sides of the aisle representing countries from around the world um, and businesses large and small. It is that special because there is an interest in the, the role in the arts in our world. Let's be clear, we all need something that makes our world better. And the arts, no matter where you stand on the spectrum, the arts bring us together. And when you have a variety of artists like this, um, you're going to have that kind of celebration. This is the biggest night in Washington, I like to think, not just because it's the Kennedy Center, but because it's the arts. And the attention that the White House and the vice president's office have given to the arts in this country has been really one that is deeply, deeply appreciated. 
And but, will the will the president yeah. first lady be be there? Because I know the last couple of years, you know, uh, well, like to your point, it was always what I loved about it was always a bipartisan thing for you know whether it was Barack Obama or President Bush or President you know whatever like Reagan like they would always come and and uh, not mentioning any names, but it, it was it was really sad that it was someone so divisive that people were pulling out of the Kennedy Center. Riders. But we don't even want to go down that track. But I'm glad uh, I'm glad it's sort of back to you know people from all sides that I can come to the Kennedy Center and enjoy this. But will the president be there? Well, as you know, this is a really big week here in Washington, D.C. And it's mm -hmm. not just about the uh, Christmas tree lighting <laughs> on Wednesday, <laughs> but there's another big event, I think, at the White House this, this week as well. But um, as far as I know, we will be seeing them. They're still working out all the logistics. Uh, last year, we did have both the president and first lady and the vice president and the second gentleman and we're 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 hoping that we can uh, welcome them all back to the Kennedy Center this weekend as well. Awesome. Well, again, it is this Sunday, December 4th, the 45th annual Kennedy Center Honors celebrating George Clooney, Gladys Knight, Amy Grant, you too, and Tanya Leone. Man, that is a lineup and a half. Um, not to mention all the surprise guests. So, hey, thanks so much for doing this. Do we do we have an air date on the PBS? Yes, yet? we do. It's on CBS. CBS. Sorry, I said PBS. Uh, CBS on uh, December 28th at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern and Pacific. Awesome. So Thank everybody you. will be able to see it then. Absolutely. Thank you so much for making so much time and going in such depth uh, on all these artists. Uh, it, it is going to be a fantastic night. Thanks so much. Jason, great to talk with you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.